my babies, and welcome once again to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy, Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy Evaluate Your Life Day, Joe, and I hope once we're done with this recording, you are going to use today to evaluate your life. I, 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 I do it every single day. Every, how did I get here? How did how did I get here in yet another random hotel room on the road? Coming up on today's show, it's the EPT London preview show. The EPT hasn't been back to the big smoke since long before COVID, but it is back. In order to prepare for this week's triumphant return, we'll be taking a trip down memory lane and talking about EPT London's past, including with our guest, a former EPT London champion, Robin Ulatalo. And a reminder that we did put a shout out for you to put forward guest suggestions on Discord. No one suggested Robin Ulatalo, so no one wins a prize. You're all losers. <laughs> Although we were com- in somewhat control over that. Doesn't matter. Robin Ulatalo coming up later in the show. Excited to speak with him. Um, obviously, the hand that wouldn't die is still not dead, but I'm thinking. With no actual concrete developments this week, we really don't have a lot more to add, so we're probably going to skip it. I think that's a good idea. Let's not make the same mistakes everyone else is making by desperately grasping at straws because we want the clicks. I mean, make no mistake. We want the clicks, but we're not We're not going to just continue to flog this comatose horse until it shows some signs of life. Uh, this week's super fan is Matt Cooper. He's here to challenge me to trivia on Star Trek The Next Generation. I have seen almost every episode of this show, but not in a while. I was going to say, we're going to be going back a few years, possibly a few decades. Um, do you want to catch up quickly on pop culture that we have consumed uh, in recent days slash weeks? I do, yes. Um, one, my first question for you would be, did you watch the trailer for Pup 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 Poker I have Face? seen it. So many people have tagged me. Um, and reposted the trailer, and I still haven't watched it. It's two and a half minutes. How haven't you watched it yet? Because I'm just concerned it's going to be really bad. And I knew that this movie was being made because you mentioned it a few months ago, and it's already on on our list of future Poker Movie Mondays. The question is whether it will be a good Poker Movie or a bad Poker Movie. I think we know that signs probably point towards the latter. I will. I will watch it eventually. Hold on. I want to stay open-minded about this. I want to stay excited about this because I think, I, I, for some reason, I have this weird feeling that we could maybe get Russell Crowe on the podcast. He seems relatively friendly on Twitter. He's got a good sense of humor. I think if I really kiss his butt, sell it that... It, it, look, same with Card Counter. They really wanted gamblers to go out and see this movie. If he's smart about, and I think he directed this as well, maybe even wrote it. So, like, he's going to have more of an interest in getting as many butts and chairs as possible. So, let's be nice about Poker Face and maybe get Russell Crowe to come on the podcast. Okay. I will check out the trailer. And obviously, when the movie is eventually released, and it might be when it comes out on home video rather than in cinemas, we will do an objective review. We will approach it with open minds. Very good. Um, let's see. I, as, I, as you can see, I've been doing some traveling lately. And on uh, the flight, I watched a movie called After Yang. And uh, it's this like, very highly received sci-fi-ish sort of movie about a family. It's Colin Farrell about a family whose robot dies. And the reason I watched it is because it's another person that's in my home game. I had heard this fellow was a director. And then all of a sudden, I see After Yang, written and directed by Kogonada. Um and I really enjoyed the movie. It's very beautiful. Not something I would typically watch. Um, but I was just 
thinking that maybe if there are enough people who are fans out there of Kogo Nada or enough people that really like this movie, he would be a good choice of someone to maybe have on the show eventually, as I have a connection to him. He clearly likes poker. So if there's other folks out there that have seen After Yang or some of his other movies, get in touch. Holler at me on the Discord. I also watched a movie called The Exchange, which I thought was a delight. It kind of There was a character that reminded me of you, James. It's about this very nerdy kid in the 80s who is really into like French Nouveau cinema and he doesn't feel like he's in, he lives in Canada though. And he doesn't feel like anyone understands him. So he starts writing to France to, to get a French foreign exchange student to come thinking that like this French person will understand him more and how deep he is and how he likes cinema. And the French kid who shows up is like, is like a, Hey mommy, like, like one of these, French guys and his and he sort of comes to the realization there are like idiots everywhere yes. and they actually do have some sort of friendship that develops. I thought it was really cute and really funny, but that you know fun. when you watch something on a plane, sometimes yeah, sometimes on a plane though you just like get sort of absorbed into things that aren't that great. So again, I'm wondering if anyone else is see it, if they got anything to say. And one last movie I want to bring up: our old colleague, a friend of ours named Harry Kirby. He and his brother wrote and sorry, they directed. A big budget action movie starring Scott Adkins, a, a British action star, uh, action star called Accident Man Two: Hitman's Holiday. I downloaded that, watched it in my hotel room, and it is it is. Look, the movie knows what it is. It's nonstop, ridiculous, silly action for like eighty minutes. And if you like that sort of thing, I think you'll like it. It totally chews the scenery, and I couldn't be more proud of our old friend Harry. I actually went to the cinema for the first time in a long time this weekend. And you checked in on another friend, Harry, of ours. Yeah, uh, not someone I know personally. Harry Styles, who is one of the stars of Don't Worry Darling, a film which I had avoided the reviews of, not intentionally, I just hadn't got round to seeing any reviews. And apparently this movie has been absolutely slated. And I don't understand why, because I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's a really good film. Is it... A masterpiece? No. Does everything make sense? Does it all tie together? Eh, not 100%, but it's really, really good. I know that a lot of the coverage of this film has focused on the drama around the making of it. I'm going to throw a theory out there that if the director of this film were Oliver Wilde rather than Olivia Wilde, I think mm. people would not be so het up on some of the stuff that happened behind the scenes and the breakdown of relationships between director and actors. But no, I was really impressed and I would happily see this film again. Huh. Well, you're the first person I've heard of that had something positive to say about it. Obviously, your opinion weighs a little bit more with me. So I was like a dead no on this movie before, but now I'm like, okay, maybe. In fact, if, if it were to pop up on a plane, I would probably watch it. Um, Okay, so speaking of things popping up on a plane, there was a an actor from a TV show that we love on one of my flights this week. Do you want to try to do like a 20 questions, try to guess who is on my flight, see if you can narrow it down? Um, We've got stuff to talk about. Just give me the answer. Uh, it was, uh, I can't, Tom, Tom, Wams, 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 yeah, Matthew McFadden oh, from Ripper Street cool. was on was on one of my flights, and um, you know what's weird is like that the character of Tom is like 
so scary, right? To me, he's like really terrifying because you don't really know what he's capable of. And the actor guy, you know, a lot of actors walk around. You've mentioned before, James, you know, you've seen Kate Beckinsale with her hat pulled down and not really like yeah, making yeah, yeah. eye contact with him. He was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. All good. Very friendly. Very smiley. Like didn't try to like keep his head down. And I appreciate that. It was cool. It was cool seeing yeah. him in person. Yeah. I think the first time I ever saw him was in the TV series Spooks, where I think he met his future wife, Keely Hawes. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they're still together. Uh, but enough about movies, enough about celebrities. I did say we have a lot to get through. We need to talk about London. I hope you like this music track because you're going to be hearing it a lot next week because it will introduce our live stream from EPT London 2022 every single day. But I don't want to get ahead of us. It has been eight years since the European Poker Tour visited the UK capital. But before we look ahead to this year's event, Joe, you wanted to look back and share some memories of London's of yesteryear. Yeah, I do. I have very strange memories of EPT London's because... First of all, um, my first ever trip to England was for EPT London in 2009, but it was before I was working for Poker Stars. It was when I was part of Joe Cata's sort of PR team. Um, so walking around the Hilton Metropole was very strange to me. I'd never been to an EPT before. I didn't know what to expect. I saw something so funny happen. It actually made me dislike Moneymaker for years, even though later on I like grew to really love him and think that he was – I probably just misjudged him. But I watched him go broke in a high roller, and he was like so flabbergasted that he threw his arms in the air like very whinily, like, oh, this always happens to me. And then his sunglasses fell off his head, and as he was sort of waving his arms, he whacked them. And they went flying across the room and hit someone in the face. And he was like, just totally like unfazed by all of this. And I was like, what a jerk. Like, what a, what a, and it turns out that was probably just like a very unfortunate series of events that I witnessed. And it turns out Moneymaker is one of the nicest people in the game. Yes. So that was weird. And then EPT London was always on my 30th birth. I'm oh, sorry, always on my birthday. I remember my 30th birthday was in London and I spent it with like a bunch of people I didn't know all that well. My first time in London, I got ripped off by a rickshaw driver who charged me 20 pounds for like a six minute rickshaw. I don't um, think it's possible to actually yeah. get in one of those things and not be ripped off. They are tourist traps. Why would you go into a near one? Because I genuinely was like, oh, here's a hardworking fella. Why do I have to like here? I'll just I'm down to pay a little bit more. I'm down to pay a little bit of premium for the for the sweat. But no. And then he like when I was like giving him a hard time, he like rolled up to like all his rickshaw buddies and they all like intimidated me. And I was like, here you go. Oh. Um, so, yeah. And then um, I don't know if you want to start back back further than that. The only the last one I remember was the Grand Connaught room. Was that yeah? I was mean, that the last one we did? It's moved around over the years. So I started working on the EPT in 2006, and the first ever event I worked on was EPT London. This was season three. This was the event that that Vicky Corrin won, and that was the first set of TV shows wow. that I did. And of course, for years it was at the Vic at that casino on Edgware Road. Then it moved up the road to the Hilton Metropole. Uh, was there. 
I want to say 2009, 2010, 2011. Then bizarrely, it went back to the Vic for a year. That was 2012 when Ruben Visser won. And you're right, Joe, 2013, 2014, it was at the Grand Connaught Rooms in Covent Garden, a short walk from the Hippodrome Casino, which is the official host of the event. And I guess those ones stand out in our mind, not just because they're the most recent, but also we made multiple TV shows. We covered the Super High Roller. Uh, We did the Shark Cage final in London in 2014. We shot some of those sketches around the city in the run-up to those events. We did we did the sketches. We did there was that black cab outside where we did like a little photo oh, yeah. shoot inside the black cab. Um, challenge tapes was still a thing back then, so we did the English breakfast smoothie it was oh. in the Grand Connaught Room. Um, maybe the first really emotional winner interview I ever did was Sebastian Pauli after he beat Kevin McPhee. That was a really great moment where he like genuinely cared so much he was moved to tears. Um, so really good memories of EPT London and. On a personal note, I remember the very last EPT London, I got on a plane like three hours later to go to my brother's wedding. That's what I'll never forget about that event. That's incredible. Uh, Yeah, Sebastian Pauli is the reigning EPT London champion. That was 2014. The year before that, it was another fun final table. That was the year Robin Ulitalo won EPT London. And thrilled to say that Robin can relive that event with us today because he is the guest on this week's podcast. Welcome to Poker in the Ears, Robin. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I don't know how much you remember of that final table. I remember it being a fun one. I remember we had the qualifier, Leo McLean, who I think eventually bowed out in third place. We had Ludovic Geilich. It was the first time we'd ever seen Ludo and seen what a madman he could be. From your point of view, did you feel to a certain degree you were able to kind of fly under the radar and just get the job done? (laughs) I didn't do anything at that final table. (laughs) I was just sitting, watching, waiting for my spots and uh, Ludo and also the Greek guy. uh, Oh, yes. Georges Karakousis. Karakousis, yeah. He was also a madman. (laughs) They both were at it a bunch. And uh, I was just sitting, spectating. And uh, I think uh, Ludo was... If he had the experience he has now, I would not win that final table. He was just too crazy and didn't even uh, think about that I didn't play any hands and just keep playing uh, yeah, like a madman, so, even though I, I was just sitting there and uh, <laughs> doing nothing. You mentioned that uh, you were able to not do much. Other people played like madmen. When do you think that ICM really became sort of the prevailing thought process at final tables because it doesn't sound like it was 2013. <laughs> <laughs> no, not for sure. There were maybe 2016, 17, around that, people start realizing uh, maybe maybe later. 17, 18, people start realizing that you can actually make a lot of money by uh, being uh, <laughs> playing a uh, little bit solid, more solid style and uh, taking pay jumps and, uh, yeah. To be fair, I've been saying it for decades. You can make money by folding. This is the solution to playing poker. (laughs) Um, That's what I've been doing. Let's just go back nine years, and I I appreciate it's going back some time, but it's been a while since we've had an EPT in London, Robin. What was your life like at that time were you already a professional poker player were you at the beginning of your career in the middle of your career mainly an online player maybe a live player what, what was life for you back then i would say i was 
pretty much breaking out that year. Uh, wow. I had a couple of scores. Uh, I've been playing poker since 27, 28 for a living. But that was the time where I was, from that point, I didn't look back. That kind of moment. But mainly playing online, some playing all the EPTs whenever there were EPTs, going to Vegas for, for the WSOP when that was. But mainly, uh, mainly online. The fun thing was I was arriving... I was sleeping, uh, I was playing online until like six in the morning. I wasn't planning to go into London. And then the day the main event, the last, I think it was day 1B. Yeah. I just said to my friends, we had like four people playing at the same, uh, same place. I said, I'm going to London. Uh, I don't have any hotel, nothing, but I'm, <clears throat> I'm going there just to, uh, just, just to play the main event. So I have arrived at like 12 when the tournament started. And I took the room of two of my friends who was going to go play. I hadn't slept anything. So I slept till like six, uh, six in the evening. I was like six or seven hours late for the main event. I went there and uh, I'm trying to... Uh, Andrew Pantling, I think it was. I got there super tired, made a, like an insane hero call. It was probably super bad. But I was right at the time and then <laughs> bagged something and <laughs> found a hotel and uh, yeah. Has that experience <laughs> has that experience influenced at what point you registered tournaments in the future, either superstitiously or with strategy <laughs> to just like late max late reds, or you'd get there on time now? Um, now the last couple of years. Now I haven't been that much because of COVID, but probably for 2013 to 2016, I wasn't uh, at start to any tournament. I was arriving late every time. Probably a little bit superstitious, but also it worked out. You know, you don't have to be there in time. It's pretty boring playing day ones. But yeah, it doesn't. So, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a superstition. Just that you know it can work. Um, so, Robin, you were one of the first people that I handed a trophy to. You know, when my time on the EPT, and you're a guy that uh, every time I see you, you get a smile on your face. What's up, Stapes? Hey, Robin, good to see you. And we have got a great sort of rapport but like i don't really know that much about you and i was wondering if you just tell me a little bit about what your life is like where you live are you a gr an online grinder all day what kind of sort of lifestyle do you have um first yeah likewise you guys are super nice to to chat to and hang out with and uh, every time i see you it's same you guys are happy and uh, easy to easy to talk to so let's go both ways cheers uh, now I'm uh, I'm living in Gothenburg. I've been living here for 12 years, I think, something like that. I'm originally from a, a little place in the middle of Sweden with like 6k people. Was just tired of living there. <laughs> Nobody was playing poker, wow. and uh, yeah, so moved to Gothenburg to a friend who played poker, and uh, <clears throat> he showed me around. Started living at his place, and uh, then found myself apartments. And uh, yeah, now I'm just. Uh, Living normal life, having girlfriends since uh, half half a year ago. Um, yeah, playing a lot of online poker. Yeah, it's not that much live poker anymore. So it's just, uh, and we have to pay taxes from Sweden for this London trip. We have to pay if we go. So that's pretty sad since the Brexit thing. And uh, but we have still some good uh, good stops we can go to Barcelona every year, uh, Prague every year, and. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the two we can go to. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up online, Robin, because when, if there's one thing I want to take away as a positive 
from lockdown and the, the, the pause of live events is that Joe and I were able to focus a lot more on the online game and who the heroes of the high stakes online world were. And it was always fun when we could link an online name to someone we knew IRL. And obviously, Rubinio, we realized, ah, oh, that's Robin Olatello. He's an EPT <laughs> champion. We know him. And it's a name we've seen again and again and again. Most recently in WCOOP, congratulations on your double WCOOP win in a series that doesn't actually conclude until next month. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah, we could be it's talking Sunday. about the W. We could be talking to the WCOOP main event champion right now. We don't know. That's true. We, we don't, don't know. It's still, <laughs> still to rerun in early, in early November. <laughs> yeah, it seems like online poker is really, really hard now. Is this something? Have you been hitting the books and studying as much as everybody else? Like, I, I mean, the way I hear people talk about online poker, it's intimidating. Are you, you know, are you part of that crew? It is uh, a lot tougher, of course. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a good uh, group of guys. They are really good uh, from Sweden, uh, who I can ask of hands uh, any anytime. Whenever I want to know something uh, about a hand, I talk, talk to them. But mostly, I I just play a lot. I think that's the the way to go. Just play a bunch and uh, try to understand what uh, what's going on now and how people uh, how people play. It's so much easier to when you're in it than uh, like. Five years ago, I wasn't doing things right. I was out traveling a lot, playing a lot of golf. Uh, yeah, visiting places. Poker was maybe like the third or fourth uh, thing in my head. And that doesn't work to work out. And uh, now it's, uh, yeah, I wake up and I go through maybe for an hour, a couple of hands that I played the day before. And then um, have dinner. And then I play from, yeah, last week I played seven days. Wow! Perfect week. <laughs> Intense. Just play, 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 and then uh, if there is any questions, then I just ask my friends and uh, who are better than me. So that's yeah, pretty easy. So, if you were to make an EPT final table now in 2022, do you, how different would the Robin Olatalo of today play it to the Robin of 2013? I wouldn't say that much. Um, I had a pretty similar style since 2013. I think before, from 28 to 2013, I was a madman as well. Right. Since then, I've been became a little bit more solid. Uh, I'm so much of a field player. Like in London, I could have been a madman as well. It d- depends on uh, when <laughs> how I feel when I wake up, how I react to what the other people are doing and uh, stuff like that. I'm not that much. Of course, I knew. I know a lot of of ICM, I know a lot of uh, GTO and stuff just because I studied and just to know how other play. But that's not my type of uh, type of game. So it depends from day to day. I can uh, <laughs> I can do stupid stuff one day, and one day I can just sit there and fold it. Yeah, if it depends on the tables. Um, Joe so, has got a fun trivia quiz for you to play. I have one last question yes. about that win in 2013. There are some legendary stories, and I don't think all of them are true. Of Swedish players who have celebrated a tournament win, potentially spending more on their celebration than they actually won in the poker <laughs> tournament. What was your celebration like in London 2013? Uh, it was poor. It was nothing. <laughs> Wait, poor? How? Was... Like you were poor afterward? Like you went from being rich to poor? <laughs> Not poor afterwards. I think I had pretty much all, all of the winnings left, sadly. 
I didn't do, we didn't do anything. We were like uh, hanging around. I think we went to the other casino, the Victoria Casino. Is it a casino called that? Yes, yes. Yeah, because what was, happens is I, I've been in this position before in London. Like it, it was oftentimes my birthday during EPT London. And if you want to go out when the tournament's over, London's actually kind of a hard town to party in like after 11 o'clock yeah. at night. So you end up going to a casino like all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I tried. I looked around for a couple of places, but there was nothing open. And I was pretty happy with that because I was super exhausted. Just uh, I yeah. didn't eat anything for five days. I was going to say you're, had, like, you're exhausted when you arrived. You then played like a six-day poker <laughs> tournament. So heaven knows how you must have felt at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, but poker is, is like a safe zone. You can go through a lot there. You really can. The adrenaline of it, yeah, will make it so that you yeah. don't need to. Eat. You wouldn't be the first. Uh, london champion first person to win a poker tournament in london whose celebration was like a fish and chips because that's a lot of times all you can get (laughs) after a certain time of night Uh, it it could have been but uh i didn't even think i eat that night but after that it's everything uh, is off and then you go back to normal (laughs) i think i played online i think i played online oh my god went straight back at it (laughs) yes so, okay, well, because of your your just complete devotion to poker, I do have a trivia game for you um, for uh, yes. basically it's it's 2013 trivia. Uh, it's just <laughs> let's see how well you remember the year that you won EPT London. So it's big things that happen in the air. It's multiple choice. So you do have a shot of getting it right no matter what. But given okay. given that you just said that you won like whatever, 800 grand or a million dollars in a poker tournament and then played online the next day, my guess is you weren't paying too much attention to what was going on <laughs> no. in 2013. But, uh, and I'll give you, you can have, you can Hector a heart again if you need to. Like sometimes you can look at James and see he knows the answer. I'll let you go to James one time. Okay. All right. Question number one. He's in the small picture now, so I don't get that much off. <laughs> he'll no. He'll go like this. Trust me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Question number one. Which of the following films was the highest grossing in 2013, raking in 1.2 billion dollars worldwide? Wow. Was it Fast and Furious Six, The Hobbit, Desolation of Smaug, Iron Man Three? Or gravity. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I don't watch any movies at all, so I'm just gonna go with the one I watch. So it's gonna be Iron Man three. Your gut instinct. You are a field player, Robin Gonzalo. <laughs> Question one is correct. Iron Man three was the top-grossing movie of I mean, that year. Around this time, if it was a Marvel movie, go with that one because it's likely to yeah. be the answer. Yeah, I, I, I actually understand this. Uh, I I, pro- I might have gone with uh, I might have gone with Fast and Furious Six there though. So if I didn't know what the answer was, question two. No, I, when you said it, I was gonna go with it because it sounded like Fast and Furious was something uh, that could be like a really big one. Well, you got it because you—that's the one you saw. You contributed to the 1.2 billion. Uh, question <laughs> number two: Which American disclosed operations engaged by a U.S. government mass surveillance program? to news publications and fled the country, later being granted temporary asylum in Russia. Is it Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, reality winner, or Rolo Tomasi? Julian Assange, how you say it? That one was Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden? Snowden is, <laughs> Snowden is the guy that sold out with that was 
accused of espionage by revealing government secrets. Uh, Julian uh, Assange was the the WikiLeaks guy. You see, I learned stuff as well. Oh yeah, no, you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot here. Okay, you're one and one. Seven total questions, just so you know. Then the torture's over. Question number three: What was responsible for injuring 1,491 people and damaging over 4,300 buildings in Chelyabinsk? Back in February 2013. Can we have Was happier it? questions, please? Or can we go back to like movies and box <laughs> office? And I'm trying to do world <laughs> events that maybe you know that aren't so niche. But the Was problem is world events er- are more or less depressing, and I don't want to be depressed on this podcast. This is meant to be escapism. This is meant to be entertainment. I should have done seven questions about Iron Man three. Okay. <laughs> the choices: an earthquake, a tornado. A meteor or quicksand? What was the place where it happened? The, the word I have is Chelyabinsk. It's a place in Chelyabinsk. Russia. Chelyabinsk. And can you give me the options again quick? Earthquake, tornado, meteor, quicksand. Meteor. Meteor is correct. I also feel like meteor is like the least sad of those options. Like earthquakes are really sad, tornadoes are sad. Meteors we're, are like uh, kind of interesting. We're not going to sit here and start ranking natural disasters in terms of sadness factor. Question. All right, moving on. Question four. Which country rejected a seat on the United Nations Security Council, making them the first to ever do so? Is it Saudi Arabia, Sweden... The People's Republic of Congo, Wakanda. <laughs> now you're back to Iron Man again. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Hans. Can you help me here? Um, well, it's a coin flip. I'm going to say it's Congo. You're going to go with James? Or you're going to go with his other side of the coin flip, which I will <laughs> oh, say he, he, he narrowed it down to the right two. Yes. <laughs> What's the other one, Wakanda? Uh, <laughs> Saudi Arabia is the other one. <laughs> okay. And then I'm going with Congress. <laughs> no, you guys lost the flip. Saudi Arabia oh, was the country oh, that yeah, rejected yeah. the seat. Okay, here's one Here's one that you. I think that both of you will know. But I think specifically, Robin's going to know this one. Question number five. Who won... Who's the king in Sweden? <laughs> I should have done that one. Who won Wimbledon <laughs> in 2013? Was it... Andy Murphy, Andy Murney, Andy Murray, or Bill Murray? I mean, you could have gone like Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Murray, but yes. instead you just decided. Yeah. <laughs> I was, that, yeah, Djokovic would have been my guest at that time. So, but yeah, Andy Murray. <laughs> okay, Andy Murray. So the thing is, I have to do a wide range of questions in case you're one of those poker players that knows literally nothing about the world. I have to like make sure you get at least one question right okay two questions left question number six what is it he's got he's he's got what three three and two yeah three and two uh majority score for sure yeah question number six Uh, which three two yeah which peter was the british theoretical physicist who picked up the nobel prize for physics in 2013 is it peter hadron of the hadron collider Peter Hubble of the Hubble Telescope, Peter Higgs of the Higgs Boson Project, or Peter Parker for the Parker Study of Arachnid Genetics? Peter Higgs. Peter Higgs of Higgs Boson is correct. Cool. Yeah. 
So, by my calculations, Robin, you are guaranteed a winning score. And let's see if you can get the final one right to really put this thing to bed. This one... Circle. I'm looking like a genius here. I'm just guessing. <laughs> this one circles back to 2013 and the English capital of sorts. In 2013, Prince William and Princess Kate welcomed their first child. What was that child's name? Was it William, George, Charles, or Chandler? What was the last one? Chandler. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's either option two or three. You've narrowed it down to George oh, yeah, yeah. or Charles. <laughs> what was his name? <laughs> the dad's name. William. The dad is William. Oh, okay, it's Charles, number three. Charles oh! is incorrect. The, the new baby was George. That's okay. Who cares about royalty? Certainly uh, yeah, not yeah, us. Yeah, not yeah, Certainly yeah. not us at EPT <laughs> London. No big deal. Robin. Thanks so much, man. You lived up to everything. You're always such a fucking joy to run into, and uh, I, I hope to see you soon. Same to you, guys. It was a pleasure. So our thanks to Robin, but now, Joe, it is time to look ahead to the future. I guess place ourselves in the present. EPT 2022 London and a new venue. We talk about this event moving around. Uh, it's never been here before. Park Lane. It doesn't get more prestigious than Park Lane. And it's the Hilton, the iconic tower, as featured in the Michael Caine version of the Italian job. I'm very excited about seeing what this venue's like. Yeah, so oddly enough, when I came to the EPT in 2009, it was taking place in the Hilton Metropole, but I stayed in the Park Lane Hilton, um, which was a very bar bizarre situation because I ended up having to share the room with my boss, and it was the first time I experienced, yeah, super weird, and it was the first time I experienced um, very expensive European hotel rooms with very tiny beds. Like, we had two basically, like, twin beds that we were sleeping in with like six inches between them. And I was like, I fucking hate Europe. I will never come back here ever again. And lo and behold, a few years later, I was work living and working and doing all the EPT Londons. It's amazing where you have to go back on your principles as soon as you need to pay the bills. Um, so yeah, excited to see what it's like in this venue. At the time of recording, the festival is getting underway with the UK IPT main event before it segues into the EPT proper. As far as the streaming schedule is concerned, it's very straightforward. And it will be the same for Prague, by the way, when we get to December. Five consecutive days of main event coverage. So we're going to start on Monday, which is the 24th of October, through until Friday. So it's a Monday-Friday gig for us. Uh, live Remember, we're in the UK, so live at 12.30 local time. That's 12.30 British summertime, and that is 1.30 Central European summertime. And that's Monday through Thursday. The final table starting half an hour later, 1 p.m. local, 2 p.m. Central European time. And again, should be pretty straightforward, but also should still be pretty entertaining. We'll have our bubble coverage on Monday, on day two. That's when they'll make the money. And then we'll see the tables deplete as the week goes on. That race to the final table on the Thursday, the FT on Friday. And we will crown another EPT champion at the end of the week on Friday the 28th. All I can say is that if you missed the Barcelona coverage, you missed a lot. And if London ends up being even a fraction 
as entertaining, as interesting, as exciting as Barcelona was, you're really going to want to make sure you tune in for this live. Um, I'm coming to the exciting stuff, by the way, guys. Just going through all Ooh. of the basic facts right now. Pokestars Twitch, Pokestars YouTube channels. That's twitch.tv slash Pokestars, youtube.com slash Pokestars. It's the commentary team you've come to know and love, or at least tolerate. Myself, Joe Stapleton, <laughs> Griffin Benger, Nick Walsh, maybe a few guest appearances from Maria Ho as well. But here is the new thing we're doing for this event. Now, I know, because I get frequent messages, and also we see the comment in Twitch chat and in YouTube chat, you guys love to play poker whilst you're watching the streams. And we know that you love to get something for nothing. You like a bit of added value. And we talked about what we could do. Because back in the day, we would do free rolls. And they had their pros, but they also had their cons. And Joe, you might mm -hmm. remember when we did the PSPC in the Bahamas in 2019, we did the mini PSPC, which was one thousandth of the buy-in with one thousandth of the value and played out across the five days of the actual PSPC and actually proved to be pretty popular. Yeah, it was like a nice, long, slow tournament structure for a free roll, which is like pretty, it's pretty fun. Yeah. However, when we tried to do that with the EPT and tried to do a mini EPT, it didn't quite resonate in the same way. And the feedback we got is that people weren't fans of the fact that if you missed the first day of coverage, if you missed day two, you'd miss the registration window because that's it. You've had your chance and now it's a freeze out right until the end. And of course, we've got people coming in every day who are new, who are fresh. And so rather than have just one mini EPT tournament, let's have an actual online series, Mini EPT oh. London, which is going to start on Monday 24th, the day that we start our streams, giving you three low buy-in tournaments per day to play while watching the streams. Now, the reason why I didn't want to do free rolls is, okay, you can put 2K, 1500, whatever, into a free roll prize pool. We are going to put and by the way, when I say we, a lot of people have been working behind the scenes on this. I've been involved in it. It's been great to be involved. But thank you to everyone else at Stars who's collaborated to make this a success. Tens of thousands of dollars in added value to this series. By virtue of WCOOP tickets, because remember, WCOOP Take 2 is coming in early November. I'll reference that in just a moment. So every single mini EPT London tournament is going to have tickets added. That means tens of thousands of dollars in added value across the week. When we get to Friday the 28th, we are going to do a mini EPT London main event for one thousandth of the price. It'll be a $5.50 buy-in. And that is going to offer an EPT Prague package to Whoa. the winner. Oh, all right. I'm loving the sound of this. So it's, um, they're not free rolls, but they're, they're, they're cheap rolls with Free roll money added to it, like more value than you'd probably get in just a straight up free roll. I think that's the best way to look at it, Joe. Considerably more value than if we were just doing the old school free rolls. $1.10 is the starting price point. Buy-ins are quite low across the board. Three events every day. There should be something for everyone over the course of the week. 
And it's all building up to the Mini EPT London main event, $5.50, with a Prague package going to the winner. And as I said, the added value we're putting into these tournaments, WCOOP tickets, because when we get to the beginning of November, from the 5th to the 9th, we have got WCOOP Take 2. We discussed it on this podcast a few weeks ago with Chris Regalis. What happened on Championship Weekend? There was the DDoS attack, the cancellation of all the main events. They're running again with boosted guarantees. We've got all of these extra qualification paths, 1.5 million added uh, in tickets to some of these satellites. And it's going to be a really fun mini series in itself, which will finally conclude WCOOP 2022. And of course, as referenced previously, we'll stream the final three days of that high buy-in WCOOP main event, the 10K World Championship of No Limit Hold'em on the 7th, 8th, and 9th of November. But if you want to take part in that, WCOOP tickets up for grabs as part of this mini EPT London series. And just one last little thing to whet your appetites before EPT London, mini EPT London. James and I did a YouTube preview video for EPT London with a couple of our favorite televised moments over the years from London. That's on the Poker Stars YouTube page. Go and check that out. I think by the end of this week, it will be live on the PokerStars YouTube channel, so you will be able to see that. But the big takeaway here is watch the live stream Monday through Friday of next week. That's week commencing the 24th of October and play those mini EPT London tournaments. Well, before we close out this London preview episode of the Poker in the Years podcast, we are going to try and award some prizes. That means a super fan quiz. That means a super fan. Say hello to Matt Cooper. Hello, Matt Cooper. Hi, guys. Thank you very much for having me. What's Pleasure going on, Matt Cooper? I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take a, a slight wager that you're not an IT guy. Go tell us. I am not an IT guy. Good <clears> guess. <throat> uh, I think you've had a quite a good run of civil servants. So I'm also a civil servant. Okay, so basically, superfans now are firmly in one of two segments, either civil <laughs> servants or IT. IT's still winning by like an 80-20 margin, but the number of civil mm. servants is on the rise. Um, can you say specifically what you do, Matt, or do you work in a branch of the civil service which is top secret, possibly based it's near not, Vauxhall? It's not top secret. Um, it's mainly just answering like correspondence and emails, Um people write in asking questions about various aspects of like the immigration system so it's just stuff like that but my main job at the minute uh, we just had a baby uh, so oh, congrats. I'm, I'm mainly a father at the minute oh lovely so uh taking time out to actually focus on being a dad fantastic uh, and i'm assuming that means poker's probably been put on pause as well then uh pretty much yeah that's exactly right um it's, it's a bit difficult to find time when you've got a little baby but um at the night time, between about nine and one, we found like the only way that she can get to sleep is on me. Is basically like a, a living mattress. Right. So that's basically enough time to bubble out of a tournament um, and get rid of your age myself. I thought you were going to say, I thought it was going to be the greatest marketing video ever. And you were going to be like, the only way my baby can fall asleep is like to the sound of poker stars, <laughs> chips being pushed and the cards being dealt. It's the only thing that brings her comfort. Man, that would have been good. Yeah, when, when she's asked at like preschool, what's your favorite nursery rhyme? Uh, it's the spin and go music when it's decided <laughs> what the prize is. 
Um, Matt, you have chosen Star Trek The Next Generation as your superfan subject. I am a nerd and I wear my nerd credentials with pride, but even I fall short of knowing anything about this TV show. Um, I'm guessing you didn't see it when it was originally on. That's Well, it's it's. I remember it from when it was originally on. Like my dad used to watch it a lot, which is how I got into it. And I remember it being on like BBC Two. Yes. Um, so that's, that's how far I go back. Uh, but yeah, it's my like, because I used to watch it from young and I've, I've seen every episode. It's like my relaxing thing in the background to watch when I need to be concentrating on something else. Um, but yeah, a big, was it, a big, huge. Was it law that anything containing Patrick Stewart had to be aired on BBC Two? I think so. I think he had that in his contract. Um, 100%. I had a really great relationship with this show when I was a kid. It was like the first adult TV show that my parents let me watch. And um, I remember my mom being a fan of the old Star Trek. So she was excited when this came on and she was very disappointed that they said, damn, so much. She was like, I don't know if they keep saying, damn, (laughs) I might have to turn this off. So um, I watched almost every episode of this as a kid. However, I don't think I've seen an episode in like 20 years. Oh, few. Because I was like, when, you know, when I got invited on last month, I was like, well, I've got a month to watch more episodes. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, much like poker, having a baby is not conducive to watching full episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. How many episodes of this show were there? I mean, it ran for a number of years, right? It, there's I, like I, 130. I, this, I didn't know this before, but I thought it might be a question. Yeah, uh, there it's are like not. 178 episodes. Okay, <laughs> so, 80. Yeah. What this is leading me on to is, I, I wasn't going to say to Patrick, you've got to watch like you know nearly 200 episodes of TV in order to <laughs> compile this quiz. So it might scratch the surface. Uh, just taking a glance at it, there's words, names that I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of. So please bear with me uh, as we start. As we always do with our guest, with our super fan, Matt Cooper, please give me a number between one and ten. Uh, I'll start at the beginning. I'll start at one. You're going to start at number one. Of course, there is a Sunday Million ticket on the line, in addition to some Poker Stars merch, some Poker in the Ears merch. Uh, question one Diana Troy is half human and half what? Betazoid. She is half Betazoid for two points. A reminder that you only get one point if you need to take the multiple choice options. Joe, what would you like as your first question? Matt, it- Matt is 100% geekazoid. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll take It's Always Coming 7, please. Number 7. Now, this has a bonus attached. Let me just check. One, two, three, four. There are four questions with bonuses. So we'll see how it balances out, but I'll make sure that everyone gets two bonuses each. Joe, question 7. Who wrote the most episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation? Do I take a chance here? When did Gene Roddenberry die? I felt like he died in the middle of the series. But what do you, it's the only name I can name. Then there's the guy that runs the, like the Star Trek universe now. All right, I'll take I'll take the choices. Okay, is it Rene Aubergenois, Rene Echeverria, Ronald D. Moore, or Miles O'Brien? Okay, I think I can nail it down to Ronald D. Moore and Rene on a Bajan, whatever the first person was. I'm going to go with Ronald D. Moore. It was one of the ones you discounted. It was Rene Echeverria. And that means the bonus passes to Matt. How many episodes did he write? He did all the Klingon ones with Worf. Um, I'm going to say 11. 56. 
56 <laughs> friggin' episodes. Like a quarter of the, more than a quarter of the episodes. It's insane. Okay, uh, we're into That's round two, and it's your question, Matt. What, what would you like? I'll go for five, please. Number five. This is a bonus, so we're now tied on bonus options. What is the name of the first ever episode of season one? Encounter at five points. For two points, and the bonus question. On what specific date, month, day, and year did this episode air? And I'm going to assume this it was its US broadcast date. Uh, 13th of March, 1987. September the 28th, 1987. But don't worry, you still have a 4 0 lead. Wow. Uh, wow! <laughs> I mean, dude, that was so. F I mean, you're crushing me anyway. But I, I mean, I would give I would give that to you. <laughs> uh, Thank you. It, it was a specific date. What more do you want? It, it, it said specific, so I had to be yeah. specific. No, I know, I know. Uh, I, Joe, I Joe, what do you want? Uh, is question three available? It is. In okay. which century is the series set? This, I should know. The 20... 25 or 6... 26th century... 20. I'm going to go with the 26th century. Which was one of the options, but is not the correct answer. It's the 24th century. Ah! Uh, still no points for Joe as we enter the third round. 2, 4, 6, 8, 9, and 10 are all available, Matt. I'll go 2. Uh, so this is a bonus, which means the final question with a bonus will come to you next, Joe. Uh, what is the role of Lieutenant or Lieutenant Worf? He's the security chief. I do not have that as the answer, so Ooh. I'm going to give you the option of answering again or taking the options. I'll go with the options. Is he Strategic Operations Officer, Chief of Security, Chief of Communications, or Chief of Engineering? Chief of Security? No, I have him as Strategic Operations Officer. So, so I might know the answer where the problem is. On Deep Space Nine, he is Strategic Operations Officer. On Next Generation, he starts as a helmsman, and then he becomes Chief of Security. Yeah, I, I, I thought the answer was Security Chief also. I think, uh, I, I think this is going to be a rare... A rare flag to the judges. Okay, I will I will beat Patrick later. I will give you the two points, Matt, and I will give you the bonus question. What is the name of Worf's son? Alexander. Alexander for one point. So, Joe, the other question with a bonus is question eight. How many seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation were there? Nine. No, there were seven, which means the bonus goes to you, Matt. <laughs> Uh, how many total episodes were there? It is a question. Uh -oh. It's a bonus question. That's why I didn't spot it. So this is even, I'm going to go full nerd because I might as well. There is, there's 178 in total, but two of those are feature length. So there's 176, depending on what you look at. I have 156. Is anything in this quiz correct? <laughs> I'm going to give you the point because you sound like you know what you're talking about. Um, that might, again, he, might you win anyway. You win uh, a score of whatever you got legitimately to zero. <laughs> Four, six, nine, or ten, Matt. Give me a number. Uh, four, please. When Captain Picard is assimilated by the Borg, what name do they give him? Locutus. Indeed they do. So you now have ten points. Joe, you are still scoreless. 
Chance to get a point, six, nine, or 10. All right, let's go with lucky number nine has never failed me. What is the name of the Enterprise's sister ship as featured in season two? Go on with the choices. Is it the USS Yamoto, Yarrett, Yime, or Yatermelon? The Yamoto. It is, you have a point. Yay, the crowd goes wild. Um, Matt, I'm feeling pretty confident that you're gonna win this, but continue. <laughs> Continue to display those. Got, I, wouldn't have got the, I wouldn't have got Ronald D. Moore, and I don't think I would have got that question either. Okay, very good. Continue to display your nerd credentials. Six or ten? Uh, six, please. What is the name of the planet that Data's brother, Law, is found on? Brother in inverted commas. Could I have the options, please? Rana 4, Sigma Draconis, Renora Prime, or Omicron Theta? Oh, it's so difficult. You're telling me. I'll go Omicron Theta. It is. You get a That's what I would have guessed. Nice point. one. Yes. Wow, what a loser. Had to take the options. <laughs> Only got a single point. <laughs> Joe, what is the largest class of ship in the Romulan fleet? Um, I can only think of one class of ship in the Romulan fleet, so I'm going to take it. Oh, no, wait. That's. I think that's Klingon. If you're going to say bird of prey, that's Klingon. I'll take the choices. Is it warbirds, <laughs> birds of prey, vultures, or penguins? Warbirds. Correct for a point. So Woo! two was your final score, Joe. Pathetic. 11 is your <laughs> final score, Matt. That means you get the pipe merch, and crucially, you get the Sunday Million Ticket. Congratulations. Thank you so much, guys. I've never won anything, so this is fabulous. This oh, is I'm glad to hear that. That's wonderful. And you, you have a child, Matt. You have a child. <laughs> I won the game of life. But, you know, exactly. <laughs> thank you very much for sparing the time, which I'm sure is precious right now, and coming on the show. No, thank you. Thank you very much for getting it, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. All right, my babies, that's just about all the time we have got for this week's show. Coming up next week, we're taking a short break for EPT London, you dummies. It's exactly <laughs> what we've been talking about this entire episode. <laughs> but we have got some really good guests coming up the rest of the year. Uh, some of them, they're pretty much all not totally confirmed yet. I don't know if I should say, can we say the one? If you think there is a 95% chance of this happening, then yes. There's a 95% chance of it happening. Just maybe it won't happen as quickly as we think it will because he's a busy man and he's got a lot of demand. And we've actually got plenty of stuff going on too. But Jungle Man, Jungle Man, Dan Cates has agreed to do the show right around one month from now. Hopefully that works out schedule wise. But yeah, we've got Jungle Man on the line. So this would be a good time to plug the Discord. Absolutely. Get your comments your questions, your super fan applications, all of that can be done on the Discord. Remember, if you want to chat movies with me from earlier, anybody's seen After Yang or The uh, the Exchange, I would love to hear what you guys thought of that stuff. So always get in touch via Discord. We're trying to, we're trying to have a conversation over there too. Um, and as ever, the link to the Pokestars Discord server is in the podcast description below. On a serious note, thank you to everyone who did suggest guests for this week's episode we decided to go with someone who we felt was a recent winner albeit nearly 10 years ago because it's been a while since london ran and also someone who we've seen a lot at the online tables while we've been streaming online tournaments 
for the last two years. But yeah, we want your comments. We want your questions. Tim is going to be our next super fan. What we do in the shadows, the movie, will be the subject. But we are still taking applications not just to the end of the year, but into next year as well. So use that dedicated thread to apply to come on the show. And I think, Joe, when we do come back in a couple of weeks' time, we probably want to speak to someone who was successful in this EPT London series. Maybe the main event winner, maybe a finalist, maybe someone who won a UK IPT or one of the side events. We don't know at this stage, but it will be someone relevant to the series that we're about to stream. That's right. It's impossible for us to know right now. That's that's because it isn't rigged, everybody. We don't know who's going to win. <laughs> we don't know who's going to win two weeks from now. That is all the time we have got for this week's show. Until next time, my babies. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Later.